0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth.
1: Hey everyone, it's Meredith. Before we get started today, I just wanted to let you know that I'll be hosting a panel on August 13th in New York with Away's Selena Calvaria and The Points Guy's Brian Kelly. You can snag tickets to hear us talk at Flatirons We Work Now about travel, adventure, and creating luxury moments and products at affordable prices at building a brand It's a long URL, but don't worry, it'll be in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Hey.
2: This is Women Who Travel, a podcast by Condé Nast Traveller. I'm Lale Arikoglu, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Meredith Carey. Hello, hello. And today we're joined by our lovely community editor, Megan Spirell. Hello. And our lovely articles director, Stephanie Wu. Hi, guys. Both have appeared on this podcast multiple times, so thanks for coming back. Often together. (laughs) (laughs) Often together. You may have run into Megan at one of our Women Who Travel meetups. Anyway, this week we're talking about something which feels very timely because we're halfway through the summer and it is wedding season.
1: Is it always wedding season? I genuinely feel like it might be. People say that all the time, but I feel like they say it in March and then they say it in July and then they say it in November. And just the weddings are all the time.
2: It's all the time. It's at least
3: nine months out of the year. (laughs) I was gonna say it really ramps up from April to October though, where you have like those back to back weekend weddings and then you feel it as opposed to like one trip in the winter, maybe. One trip in the
4: fall, maybe. Like, you're in the midst of three weeks of back-to-back weddings, right? I'm always traveling for <laughs> weddings. But I'll say
1: <laughs> I had I had a December two years ago where I had three weddings.
2: It's always wedding season. That's really rude yeah, of but- your friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: crazy.
2: And then at the end of it, you realize you've used up all your vacation days. Um, which is to say that this episode is all about traveling for weddings and how to make the most of that travel when you're on the road for a big celebration and time is of the essence and so I wanted to kick things off with I don't know maybe I'm stirring the pot a little bit but how good a friend does it have to be for you to travel across the country or abroad for their wedding?
1: If you are a good friend of ours, now is the time to stop listening to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: it means, well, they might not be as good a friend as they thought they were.
4: (laughs) I'm all for, you know, the cold hard truth. But I honestly think if it's somewhere I want to go and it's a timing that's convenient for me, I will go for anyone. Like I want to get invited to strangers destination weddings because I want to have a reason to go places and be at a really fun party. I think the biggest thing for me is if it's somewhere I want to go anyway and if it's like not a super inconvenient time. But that's the boring answer.
2: Steph, you told me that you were given the opportunity to go to a wedding somewhere very exciting and far flung and you didn't go.
3: Yeah, you know, I
2: I guess I'll say it all comes down
3: to kind of what Megan was alluding to, a bunch of factors with, you know, when is the wedding? Is it a time frame you can actually make? Is it a destination you're excited to go to? And then what I always do take into consideration, too, is am I going to see a bunch of people at this wedding that I'm probably not going to get the chance to see all in one place, all at one time for another extended period of time? So that, to me, really makes um, a world of difference for when I decide where to go. And then, of course, I go to plenty of weddings that, you know, are my husband's friends and I'm not as close to. But again, it's a chance for him to reconnect with people. So it's not as clear cut as like, are we great friends? And it's more of like, as with, frankly, every trip you take, you know, all of these factors that come in before you can make a call of like, do I spend a few hundred dollars on flights and hotels and
4: possibly something to wear? Which, you know what, that actually makes me thinking about that. It's like, it feels like a bigger ask for someone to ask me to go to, like, LA, where I'm from, for a weekend, because it's somewhere I've been a million times. I, like, don't need to spend $600 on a flight cross-country for three days. And if I do that, that's, like, a bigger ask than, like, going to Peru, where I kind of already want to go for a week, like, or getting to go somewhere new. Like, I feel like that's the—that's when you're really—
2: but That's interesting, because what if—is this, like, a friend—this hypothetical <laughs> LA friend? All
4: hypothetical friends. Um,
2: you're from LA. And you mm-hmm. moved away. So is it the same ask? It's a different ask.
4: It's different. But if I'm living in New York, like, it's it's still a trip for me. Like, to have to – it's going to be expensive. Um, I mean, depending on when it is. But, like, I'm going back to L.A. again. Like, I think when you talk about, like, using your vacation days and obviously, like, a finite amount of money, it's like I feel like I want to get the most out of the days I take off work. And so that's why, like, more far-flung destinations are, like – I'm like, oh, well, I'm getting a trip for me, whereas the others, like – I'm doing this for you because I love you and I want to see you. So related to that, I want to ask whether or not
1: you cram everything into two and a half days because odds are your friend's getting married on a Saturday. So you get in Friday, you have Saturday, and you leave Sunday. Or do you make a week out of it and actually take a vacation? Thoughts?
2: Like it all hinges on where you're traveling to. I
4: know. I think if I'm going somewhere that I haven't been before, I will like take as much time as I can because I want to use it. Like that's the reason to go to India for a wedding. It's not just to be there for like the events and then get out. I mean, actually an Indian wedding would be so fulfilling. I probably wouldn't need anything else. Someone please invite me to one. But I feel like if I'm going to LA or something where I've been a million times, like, you know, it'll probably be more about seeing the people I know there, but like, the first destination wedding I went to was in Guatemala and I stayed for a week and it was one of the best trips of my whole life and like so fulfilling and I was so glad that I was invited that I got to go and that I tacked on time before and after like I would do that every time again and I guess I have. What did you do with that time on either side? So it was a college friend so it was kind of one of those things where a bunch of people were coming back together so I tacked on time a couple of days before and another girlfriend who was going to the wedding came early. We went to Antigua. The wedding was in Guatemala City and we spent a couple of days like lounging around, um just kind of hanging and then we did the wedding. And during that weekend we were like kind of all over near Guatemala City and then after I had a few days where I knew I'd be alone, but because I met so many people at the wedding, like I ended up spending those two days after when I went to Lake Atitlan like with new friends, which was really cool and I actually like if you're going to a wedding that has a big enough guest list, you'll always meet people. And that was such a great experience, like meet someone random at the wedding and know we were going there after and just like, I don't know, form a new friendship. It I thought that was a cool way to do it.
3: Yeah, I would say I've definitely done both, particularly for domestic. I'm more likely to, you know, try and cram it all in two and a half days and get at least one really great meal out of it. But um, I've also extended trips to be longer, but also kind of use them as a chance for it to be a reunion trip so a few summers ago a friend got married in Toronto which is super close to New York it's like an hour and a half long flight I could easily have flown in Saturday morning and left Sunday night but a group of friends decided you know let's make a longer trip out of it we're flying in from different places Um, let's go somewhere we've never been So we actually took the time and this wasn't easy given all of our schedules and all of the factors that come into play and the fact that we were all then leaving to go back to different places. Um, But we planned a trip to Banff afterward and it was eight of us after the wedding and it was so much fun. It really made that whole kind of wedding travel feel like a larger trip and like it was an intentional thing to do with a bunch of my friends in a place that I hadn't been before, even though, frankly, like, the difference of flying from Toronto to Banff versus New York City to Banff is probably the same thing.
1: I have kind of an opposite scenario because I took most of my vacation days at the beginning of the year this year and then had a friend whose wedding was in Cape Town uh, in March. So I couldn't really take off a whole lot of time. And neither could my dad, who was also going with me. Meanwhile, my mom made a three-week trip out of it. <laughs> my dad and I flew 25, 26 hours to get there. we there for about three days and then flew 26 hours back. And I would not <laughs> change anything about that trip like I am so glad that I got to go I it made me value my time there so much more and I fit in as much friend time as possible in the most relaxing way I was like we have an Airbnb just come come to me because I have flown so far <laughs> to get here and it was obviously a blessing to be able to go so far and be able to and a privilege to be able to get there but it was such a blast and obviously if I could have extended it I would have but
2: I would go again, even if I could only go for three days. So a couple of years ago, I went to New Mexico for a wedding and I decided to do the, you know, the wedding was on a Saturday, did the get in Friday, leave Sunday um, on a red eye. And it got to the Sunday and we were really hungover, but I was also desperate to see stuff. And we tried to cram some stuff in, but it was like everyone was just suffering. And I just thought, well, like, shit, this place is amazing. I've never been to this part of the country before and I've wasted this opportunity. Luckily, my friend who's getting married has a sibling who I'm also very good friends with and is getting married later this month, also in New Mexico. And so we are going back and I am turning it into a week long trip and I'm going to do all the things that I didn't get to do on that first one. And I'm super excited about it. And so the wedding is over Labor Day weekend. So we get in like a couple of days before, do the wedding, all the wedding festivities around it, and then take a road trip around the Southwest for a few days. For me, it's like such a treat to be able to like
1: treat weddings like a sample platter of locations. Like if you're only going for three days, you know, and you only probably have like six hours of those three full days to actually do an activity, let alone more than one, to like... Check out a place really briefly and then be like, ah, got to come back here because unless you're extending your time, it is very difficult to actually see somewhere either because
2: you're hungover or at an event. This hike, I've never been so thirsty in my <laughs> life.
3: <laughs> I mean, I think that's the biggest pro tip right there is like don't plan anything on that Sunday after. Mm-hmm. You never know how rowdy the party's going to be how late it's going to go like whose parents are suddenly going to come out with tequila shots and you're like <laughs> where am i um and so i had that with a rabbi <laughs> one <laughs> <wedding>. <laughs> and so like never ever ever plan anything on a sunday and do not be a hero and try to fly out early that morning it is never worth
4: it at that wedding in guatemala we were on the dance floor until 6 a.m and people had to actually walk off with their suitcases directly from the hotel to get in taxis and- i was like that's your fault that is only your fault
1: (laughs) on the day of the wedding if it's an afternoon wedding how close do you cut it if you wanted to do something that morning
4: not close
1: (laughs) (laughs) if you've flown all the way there it must be a
4: good friend that you don't want to miss any part of their wedding i think that also okay so it's like is it a destination wedding where they're having activities like the day before as well like If so, I feel like never, don't miss those. Like be there for the whole thing if you're going to be there because it's so special. And um, even when I've been going to a wedding in the city I'm living in, it's just always stressful. It's such a big thing. So I feel like don't cut it close. And it's also fun to kind of be around like, you know, if you're all in the same staying in the same hotel or something like that, like it's fun to get coffee with everyone and like get ready and like have drinks before and I don't know, I kinda of feel like lean into it if you're already doing it.
3: Yeah, I I am not a cut it close type person either, just because it always takes me longer to get ready than it should, even though I've only packed one outfit, <laughs> one set of jewelry, one pair of shoes. There so are no <laughs> options. Yeah. There are no other options if I have a wardrobe malfunction. But it still always takes me longer than I expect, maybe just because I'm not in my own bathroom where I'm using, you know, or I decide last minute that I need to go to a dry bar and get my hair done. Um, so I probably would say, like, I won't plan anything more than a brunch if I'm feeling ambitious, because let's be real, I'm not waking up early the morning of a day where I'm likely going to be out until like 2 or 3 a.m.
2: I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, the New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for the New Yorker Radio Hour wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to level up? For me, it's my hiking boots, which have gotten me over some pretty tough terrain. And I'm not talking about my morning commute on the New York City subway. They've pushed me to go to far-off places like trekking in the remote mountains in Patagonia, wildlife spotting amid the thick rainforest of the Amazon, and climbing through canyons in the Utah desert. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. There's an available panorama glass roof, 33-inch all-terrain tires, and multi-terrain select driving modes. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior means that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your Titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co/cardcalculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Out of interest, you say getting ready in a bathroom that's not your own or whatever. Do you think it's better to do an Airbnb and
4: like get a house with a bunch of friends or do a hotel room? I feel like it's all about where other people are staying. Like you want to be with everyone. If there's a hotel that everyone is staying in and you're there's a lot of people you want to see at the wedding like you do what everyone's doing because you'll have fun like it becomes kind of the nucleus of the whole weekend I think if you're like a group of your friends are going and there's also other people you don't know like do something with your friends and have it be fun but it's just nice to be in the thick of it because like so many things come up like it's the after parties and people getting drinks before and it's nice to like be in the center of it
1: and when you were talking about making friends at the wedding I think that the next morning everyone struggling at breakfast is like Mm -hmm. such a great time Ah. to like just make new friends that you probably met on the dance floor last night and are just reconnecting with
4: yeah it's like someone's uncle that you like had a shot with the night before and you like see him trying to get his oj and you're like we know each other now (laughs) i
3: mean i think my rule of thumb is if the couple books a hotel block i always always will stay in one of those hotels ideally in the same one as the newlyweds because it's just nice to like Run into them again in the morning or offer to help them with their luggage or whatever it might be and have that sense of camaraderie for a night. Like, oh, hey, like we own this hotel. We're running around the hallways in our pajamas, and there's an after party in someone's room where um, this happened to me last weekend an after party in someone's room where we all showed up in our PJs and proceeded to kind of just. Nap (laughs) while waiting for the bride and groom to like be done at the venue and come back and join us. Um, So I think as a sociable person, when I'm with my friends, like I like being in the middle of it. but if there's no hotel block and you want to go rogue, um, I have been known to bring groups of friends together for Airbnbs, even when there's not something official, to kind of mimic that sense of like, hey, we're all coming from different places and we only have three days with each other, so let's um, make the most of it. And I've had amazing like stays at Airbnbs or kind of like cabin shares at wedding venues. And then I've also had the most nightmarish stays um, at in Airbnbs in cities where we really should have known better. So um, I think it really runs the gamut. Our nightmare Airbnb story happened in Hong Kong, where I also kind of was going for a pretty short trip. I think we I went over Thanksgiving and didn't take more than another extra day off. And a bunch of us all grew up in Asia, wanted to hang out together, found an Airbnb in the middle of Hong Kong that claimed to sleep 16. Red
2: flag. <laughs> I'm
3: so excited. <laughs> and it was definitely one of those things where the photos were taken with like a wide angle lens and it oh you knew it looked small, but you were like, we're all friends. We'll be fine. It can't be that small. <laughs> exactly. We're like, it's such a good deal. It's only two nights. You guys see all the like, issues happening as I'm telling the story, obviously. Anyways, we walk in, my friend and I, who had flown from New York with me, were among the first to check in, and we were like, wow, this is really small. It was a tiny living room that had a kitchen that was, I kid you not, like maybe the size of the tiniest bathroom you could ever imagine. Um, my god four bedrooms each of which had bunk beds in it Oh my God! and um like to the point where there were stuff so tight that you couldn't open a suitcase on a floor so we had to use the extra bunks as kind of like luggage storage areas um i we definitely had some friends walk in and we're like do we just book a hotel room now (laughs) like (laughs) is it too late and um I mean, talk about a bonding experience. It was such a bonding experience. It was so much fun. There were so many other issues with this Airbnb that I won't even go into, including bugs. Oh, my God. Um, But we survived. Bugs that lived in the bed? No, they were (laughs) were near the trash area. I mean, it's a major urban city. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine.
4: Roaches. imagine
3: yeah. like imagine <laughs> if i said to you like hey i found an airbnb in the east village and it's sleep 16 you'd be like that's not a real thing that's what we <laughs> yeah. should have known it's like that's a con exactly but we survived we still tell the story and like make fun of it all the time because like who are you going to do this with aside from people you grew up with and like have known for 20 years i did feel bad for some of my friends plus ones who were like
2: who are you and what did you book for us? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a real introduction. We, um, me and a bunch of friends for a wedding up in the Catskills, did a similar thing, booked this big Airbnb, and, like, the house was great. It was definitely had eccentricities, and it was very secluded, and you sort of felt like maybe you would get murdered in there. There was this shed outside in the drive that was, like, bolted shut. no. Um, That was a great source of intrigue, but, you know, we all like, you know, had like came back from the after party and everyone like wanted to still keep going. So everyone was still drinking and messing around and suddenly there was like a shriek from one of the rooms and someone had discovered a crib, like a child's crib filled with clowns
4: <laughs> that is wait, wait. terrifying what do you mean by clowns are they clown dolls clown or they... dolls dolls of clowns Ew. <laughs> that had to have just been a prank they're like what's the creepiest thing what like is reminiscent of every horror film ever like
2: but then we started noticing like clown references and other um, things like in the art on the wall i'm gonna give you an option if you don't want that which is
1: that a bunch of my friends and I booked into the hotel block of at our friend's wedding in Scottsdale, and we all got two blocks of adjoining rooms so we could open the door in between and basically just have, like, one giant room. And kind of in the same way you were saying you guys all put on your PJs and, and napped, we, like, had everyone from the other room just come and sleep in our room anyway. <laughs> it was, like, just... Girls everywhere on the ground, <laughs> the beds, everywhere. It was great. And it was an opportunity for us to be in the block, be with everybody, but all be together together. Yeah. I,
3: I will say that's like the one thing that I wish hotels had more of, which was can you imagine like a whole floor <laughs> of rooms that just connected? all the way through (laughs) instead of just like your queen that connects to your two doubles. Like, come on, that's so boring. Isn't that the hallway?
4: No, that's the hallway
3: is a public space. I want a private space. Okay,
1: I guess I'm thinking I'm not not wearing my shoes. Mm. And I think there are like, there are new groups that are introducing places like that, but they have to exist in the city that you're going to. Megan and I have stayed in a room at this place called the Bodie or the Bode not sure in Nashville. Um, but it was five bedrooms and it was an absolute blast and it would be perfect. One for a bachelorette, but also for friends who were there for a wedding because it really felt like you were in a home, but you had all the amenities of a,
4: Oh, and there were bunk beds. So you had the best of both worlds. (laughs) I also feel like a lot of it's cost. Like I remember when the first few people started getting married after school and like they would always do hotel blocks and it's also not always affordable. And I feel like if that's a concern or like a question, like maybe you just there the night of the wedding so you can kind of be in the thick of it with everyone and then you do something else for the other nights, like especially if it's a longer trip, because I remember that being like a big thing, like wanting to be in the midst of it, but also like, you know, hotels can be pricey.
1: Steph, you brought up brunch and you also brought up if you only had a little bit of time trying to fit in one dinner. What do you guys prioritize in that precious free time that you have when you're at a wedding?
4: I guess I always prioritize food. I was going <laughs> say
1: 100% food. Yeah. I mean, I will go
3: and look up every list of best new restaurants from our own lists, obviously, uh, on the um, Condé Nast Traveler City Guides to our sister brands like Bon Appetit or um, I'll look at Eater and I'll just like do a quick run through of all the best new restaurants that have opened theoretically since the last time I was in that city. And I'll just pick like the one or two that I think I can make it to. And I won't plan much more than that if it's if it's a short trip.
4: If it's a city I've never been to and let's say it's a short trip, whenever I'm there for like whether it's a wedding or something else, I also just try and find like one central location where I feel like I can parachute into for like an hour or whatever amount of time I have and just like walk and like hopefully find somewhere I can eat and just like see things. So I feel like I understand what the city is like and hopefully I'm somewhere with great street food so I can do like kill two birds, one stone. But I feel like that's also my approach for a short time.
3: I also love when um, couples put on their wedding website or in an email kind of like a list of local things that you would never know about. But if it's a destination that they've gone to repeatedly or that they live in, just kind of giving you the like, here's that one place to eat and that one place to drink and a brewery where you can kill some time. I had a really good friend get married in Maine a few years ago and they got married in this like beautiful little town resort area where the family had spent like every summer when the bride was growing up and on their little like tiny list of recommendations, maybe four things. Max was like, she was like, this is the best lobster roll in the area. We were like sold. We're not doing any research. Mm -hmm. If our friend comes here every summer and goes to this place every summer, then we'll go there. And it was this tiny little seafood shack, line out the door, super fresh seafood, both like fried and not. And it was like one of the best pre-wedding meals I've ever had. I just want to go
1: there Yeah, I'll find the name for you. (laughs) Well, it feels like
4: you're kind of sharing something, right? Like it's a place that means something to them. So it just kind of layers in all the feels that you're looking for on a wedding weekend.
1: I have one last question, and it's about what you bring to the table. When you're at a wedding, what travel-related gift would you get a couple? I would say the fact that Zola Wedding Registry now lets you put Airbnbs or cash or activities or all sorts of things as something that as the bride and groom or groom and groom or bride and bride you want to add to your registry is really special because then it gives people the opportunity to contribute to this life experience that you might have either
2: on your mini moon or honeymoon or whatever it is that you're doing. I love that option. I will say also, because I'm always the person that's going on the registry, like morning of the wedding. And, it's like, <laughs> Shit. Um, and then there's just like, like a toilet brush left as the one gift. So if there are those travel options where you can just give money towards an experience, I love that. I also think it's like really special. I was at a, one of the like, best weddings I've ever been to was in Antigua in the Caribbean and it was a very old friend of mine getting married. They, for their honeymoon, then went to Barbuda, this teeny tiny neighboring island and their registry was all to do with things they were going to do when they were on the island. So it was really nice to be able to contribute to that. I think I got like diving towards like a day trip diving or something like that. And also just like, I knew that was something that they really wanted to do and that they would like get that experience. And I don't know if you're... I also just like, like to live through others if I can't travel <laughs> myself. So it's a nice way to
4: contribute. I just bought a day of diving. Like uh, how great. You hope that they'll remember. That's the thing that you gave them. And like, I, yeah, I love that. I think Sola, that's the one it's always on. I feel like when people ask for ex- experiences, um, I just think it's so cool and it feels like you're part of it. And like, I also feel like people are moving away from the whole, like, I need this set of China thing. So, like, it's kind of what people are doing anyway. I'm I think people ju- are still doing that. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I, w- I was
2: going to say, I think it's just because, like, less and less people can own homes. So they're having to be more Pro- inventive. I mean,
4: yeah, I feel like probably. But I don't know. I just, yeah, I like that. I love when you can give people experiences, because that's the kind of thing I would want to.
3: I mean, I'm going to go the other way and say my rule of thumb is always just cash not through the registry not through like fan- any fancy system just like a cash or a check or sure if you forgot the morning of just go ahead and venmo them but um <laughs> there's just <laughs> r- straight my, my, my Ooh, friend did that emo- to me what emojis
2: <laughs> what emojis did they use
3: <laughs> <laughs> so key I, to I can't remember experience. but that is that is a key part of the venmo experience but truly like You can't beat cash, especially if, like Lali said, you get to the registry and you're like, ooh, I am not going to be the person who bought them like those last set of forks that they really (laughs) needed. Um, And I will say, like, this is, you know, not a a like monetary gift. But as somebody who travels extensively, I always, always, always offer to help them plan their honeymoon. And I think that is something so great that you can give your friends if you know where they're honeymooning and it's a place you've been or you know that they plan to travel somewhere down the line, like share with them your travel recommendations because it will make their honeymoon planning so much easier because often Everybody is so wrapped up in actual wedding planning that they don't have time to think about what they're going to do when it's all over. And I had another friend do a super great idea, which I absolutely loved. She, in her wedding invitation, said, and I think it was like a Google Doc situation. She said, no gifts, but please as a gift, send us a date idea for us to try. And in our first year of getting married, we're going to attempt to like do all of these date ideas and then write you a thank you note, letting you know how we liked it. I I love this. It was the sweetest idea. They also love to travel and it was perfect for them. And they were basically like, we're too lazy to do anything beyond like watch a movie. So this is going to (laughs) encourage us and give us creative ideas. And I, I tell you, like I spent something like 30 minutes coming up with a date idea that I thought they would actually enjoy and wasn't that like. Get drunk and make a painting
2: situation. Also, <laughs> like I want
4: that
3: list. With is that go
2: online? I
3: will certainly ask her.
1: <laughs> That's amazing, and I feel like that you actually brought up something that I was thinking about earlier, which is like, thank you notes are great and also and tedious and impossible to write personal experience. Right, <laughs> and so I think that like by giving them something like scuba diving, you're like also thinking ahead, and then they don't have to think like come up with a creative way to say, thank you for this Dutch oven. Like, (laughs) I think of you every time I use (laughs) use it. it. That's two sentences that does not make a thank you (laughs) note. Um, So I think that also, like, you know, goes both ways. If you're thinking about putting things on your registry, maybe think about things that you'd actually enjoy
2: writing thank you notes for. (laughs) I just want to go back to that spreadsheet, because it's all I can think about. And I just think it is a perfect concept for a rom-com. It's like 51st States Part 2. I don't know. <laughs> um, obsessed.
1: Amazing. Well, let's wrap up there. Megan, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Spirelli on Instagram. And Steph? I'm at by Steph Wu. And you can find me at Laleh Hannah. And I'm at Oh Hey There Mayor. You can find Women Who Travel every Tuesday on iTunes and Spotify and all the places you listen to podcasts. And you can find lots more Women Who Travel content at WomenWhoTravel.com.